All right, folks, you are listening to the Yishai Fleischer Show. I'm walking around Kiryat Arba right now uh, as uh, it's my son's birthday, Elazar, and uh, we're taking him on a day. And uh, This show today is an on-the-road show, on the road in Eretz Israel, and you're going to hear uh, from uh, interesting people that really care about the land of Israel, and uh, they are uh, just lovers of Israel, English speakers who are making things happen, either in the private life or in the public life, and just awesome folks that are the fighters, the good fighters. And it's an honor to be involved with such amazing people that care about the same stuff, the, the, the rights of the Jewish people, the land of Israel, the development of Jewish culture, the return, uh, the light unto the nations aspect and all that. So we'll go to the Temple Mount, then we'll go to the uh, Hall of Isaac and Rebecca, uh, and you are with me on the road. I'm right now on the road. I'm standing right here in Kirat Arba. My family's getting a little salad at the uh, hummus store. Uh, and you're going to join me on this journey uh, into the land of Israel. I want to thank also uh, Ben Bresky, Moshe Herman, Moshe Herman Tabitha, uh, Yocheved, and Lou uh, for helping us when we're live also, and all the folks producing the show and getting it out to the world. You guys are awesome. You guys are beautiful. It's an honor to be on teammates with you in this mission uh, to spread the light of the land of Israel. So here we go with the good land, uh, starting with the Temple Mount, of course. All right, folks, Ishai Fleischer here, and we are on the Temple Mount. I really wanted to come up this week on the Temple Mount because it says in this week's Torah portion, To his dwelling place you shall yearn and find and look for and go there. By the way, the Tidrashu is in plural. As a nation, we have to look for it. But Batashama is in singular. Like each person is supposed to go up. And I wanted to make sure that, and that's for me the verse that kind of like always says to people, I tell people they're like, this rabbi and that rabbi. I'm like, forget it. It says in the Torah to come up. And certainly the Rambam did and others. But, but like, let's be simple about things. Let's have simple faith. Now, one of the people who has great faith is my friend MJ, Dr. Melissa Jane. Kronfeld, you're MJ. Everybody knows who's MJ, and you have become a household name in the nationalist community here in Israel, Judea and Samaria. Uh, you are blonde, blue-eyed. You have some tattoos, many of them of are a holy uh, issue, but you are certainly a character out here uh, in these parts. But you live in Tel Aviv. You come out to Judea and Samaria. And if you go to your pictures on Instagram, you see a lot of Temple Mount, a lot of Temple Mount. And you went on the Temple Mount with our good friend Ben Shapiro, mm-hmm. and twice, uh, twice in the past uh, in the past month, it was great. All right, so let's just tell me a little bit about why we're up here today. Um, so we come up here every single day that Jews are permitted on the Temple Mount because it may be surprising to some of your listeners or, or not, but the Temple Mount is only open to Jews on Sunday through Thursday for approximately four to five hours, depending on the whim and the will um, of the Israel police and, of course, of security measures. And you can also discount days um, that are Muslim holidays uh, and always, always um, Shabbat. Um, so we come up here each and every single day that this place is open to remind the Israeli government that we are not going to give it up. We will not sacrifice on the temple to remind the Israel police that they cannot dominate the situation up here. And we do that by coming and acting in passive resistance um, and civil disobedience. Um, but most importantly, we are normalizing Jewish presence on the mount. We are reminding the Waf and our um, Arab-Israeli friends that uh, this is first and foremost a Jewish site. And the only way to do that is to be physically present, is to actually be a part of the history that we are making. You know, people often talk about uh, being a witness to the Shawa. Um, and we are being a witness to the Beit HaMikdash. Hmm. 
We are witness to that. And yet there's all kinds of people who say it's not right to go up, it's, it's, it's too holy, it's not the right time, and there's a million reasons not to, and this has stirred up a lot of stuff. Now, the other thing that's, that's stirred up is that there used to be this thing called status quo. Status quo is a bad word. It's like a four-letter word, which means Jews can't do what they want, usually, while the other side gets to continue to take over. But today we are breaking the old status quo. Somebody just said to me, like, is it right that we're praying here? We just did a full Mincha afternoon prayer here. Uh, with without you know mostly without being stopped and we did it right we did the afternoon prayer facing from the east gate from the eastern wall mm-hmm. to uh, the west we're facing towards the western wall but of course towards the temple mount itself so the status quo is being broken mm-hmm. tell me about that so really, um, uh, for those of you who have not been up in any time, the, the changes really started about five years ago when Rabbi Weber um, of Yeshiva Harabai started talking to his students about this concept of we're praying to the Temple Mount, we talk about the Temple Mount, the Temple Mount is the most critical part of Jewish life, but what are we really doing about it? Um, and that is when we started the process of coming, slowly coming up here with a small minyan. Now, what really changed everything is COVID because as, um, you know, as the Hasidic masters teach us, for every descent, um, there is an and uh, the descent of COVID actually allowed us to start coming up here, um, being the only people up here. And the cops not really caring if we were having a tiny little 10-person minyan. Um, and uh, so um, kind of like, in the, as they say in Little Mermaid, and I may be dating myself for your audience, but as they say in Little Mermaid, you give them an inch and they take a mile. So when they, during the COVID, allowed us to come up here and do this minyan, well, when COVID ended and tourists came back and, and more Arabs were up here in the Waf because more present, we we're going to stop having this minyan and that 10 people turned into 20 people and to turn to 30 people and the minyan um, the yeshiva took it upon themselves to make sure that the minyan was held every single day at 7 9 30 and 1 30 and that um, both a member of the yeshiva a member of Bay Adenu, uh, the Minhelet, and our organization that I run with Rabbi Yehuda Levi called High on the Har. We make sure that there is a representative from one of the main nonprofits and organizations fighting for equal rights and access and leading complementary towards each and every single day to, to bear witness to what the cops are doing, to record um, human rights abuses by the cops to worshipers, to ensure that minyans are done, that shiurs um, are taught, um, but most importantly, uh, just to make sure that there's always somebody here that is able to lead the new people uh, to answer questions um, and most importantly, as I said before, to bear witness to the history that we are making now because it's only by being present that we can create a new future. All right, I, I do want to uh, correct if, if anybody would misunderstand. Generally, the police relationship to the worshipers is very good and they generally, pr- generally. protect us and it's generally normal and, yeah. and there's a much more sense of cooperation together generally. so it's not like a it's not like we're having no. constant conflict here. this no. is not a protest site no but we what, what we have done is over the past two years in particular and Rabbi Levi of Yeshiva Har Baitan Hayan Lahar in particular has done is worked very hard to develop very close personal relationships with each and every single member of the police forces they have a child we're first to send well wishes a family member dies the whole yeshiva will go uh, they're getting married uh, we'll, we'll throw them a little shindig up here and pray for them someone has a baby where we ask them to bring them to the gate so we can pray on them. And um, and in so doing, what we have done is we have kind of proven to them that we, you know, like, like in any civil rights movement, you humanize, when you humanize the quote-unquote enemy, which we are, when you de-stigmatize the so-called radicals, which we are, when you prove the normalcy of the so-called extremists that we are, 
you fall in love with us. Mm-hmm. We're a fun group of people. We're a bunch of religious people. As you said, I'm blonde hair, blue eyed, and covered in tattoos about Mashiach. Like, you know, I'm, I'm hard, you know, I may, may not always be the most pleasant, but I'm, I'm hard not to love, you know. And people like myself and Rabbi Levy and Rabbi Wolfson um, and Rabbi Tower was walking in front of me and my friend of Rami and yourself, you know, we're, we're the kind of people that you want to get to know. And the cops are people too. And when we start treating them like people, they start treating us like people. And we developed incredibly close bonds. That being said, everyone has bad days and do, bad things do happen in the sense that there are sometimes there's conflict. And, you know, we can't win over everybody. So we're in, we really have a fantastically strong relationship with, you know, it's, I'd say maybe even as much as 95% of the police rotating police force up here. You know, unfortunately, there are some people that don't necessarily believe in our cause and do look at us as problems. But we believe that we can uh, recruit everyone to our cause. Um, and the most interesting thing is right now is, uh, you know, there's doing a lot of changeover with the cops. And I know a lot of my peers up here, a lot of the activists up here have been a bit sad because we've built these relationships, we've had these freedoms, and in the, certainly in the past few months we've noticed it's been a bit more, it's just been a bit more... Yeah, the cops have been a bit more lockdown-ish, you know, just a little bit more aggressive because a lot of them are new. And I, and I said to I said to some of the, our peers and rabbis the other day, I said, don't look at it as being a problem that there's all these new people. Look at it as there are now 30, 40 cops that are going to go out into Israel on a completely different perspective mm-hmm. on Jews. They're going to treat Jews differently, Jews like us differently across this country. They're going to make impact and change because of what we've done. And now we have the opportunity to recruit 30 or 40 new cops to our cause mm-hmm. because we will. We absolutely will. All right, so that's great stuff. And interestingly, you we're passing right next to a, a waqf individual. That's Islamic Trust. Uh, and we are surrounded with police right now. Uh, but we're also walking in relative freedom. It's calm. It's a good day. It's very interesting what you said. You're really, you, you're, you're, you are positing the whole thing as a human rights, yes. civil rights thing. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's also a religious thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw you chatting with a young girl mm-hmm. who is having a bat mitzvah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, tomorrow. And she's celebrating it here with her cool dad. Yeah. And they're up here. It's pretty cool. What's, yeah. Tell me tell me about this young girl and, and what kind of feelings this, this whole experience is going to stir up and memories that's going to keep her with... Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that we are the generation that we've been waiting for. We are the generation that will bring the Mashiach, and we are the generation that will receive the rebuilding of the Beit HaMikdash. But it's her generation that will finish the construction, and it will be her generation that leads the temple, and it will be her generation that makes sure that the temple for the first time in history gets passed to a new generation. And the opportunity that we've created for um, parents to feel it's safe enough um, and, 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 and enough of a, you know, um, uh, uh, an educational experience... Uh, to bring up young people is really amazing. Each and every single day, there are massive groups of young people, whether it's rabbis who run schools, who are bringing up their kids on day trips, camps. I mean, it's, it's unlike talking to the older, the rabbis on whose shoulders we stand, yourself, Rabbi Glick. I know that it wasn't even like this five years ago. And now, usually, we have as many kids as we have adults. And what that is going to do is that not only is going to ensure that the Jewish people have a future as God defined it, but it absolutely convinces me 100% that we're on the right path because God is always inspiring us to, to give to the next generation, right? We're, it's like part of what we do to procreate, to, to teach our children. This is what we read. It's the first thing we read in the morning. You teach your children. I command you to teach them. That's what we're doing. We're, every single day we're up here and we're teaching. It may not be our, my, my child, but they're 
our children, the collective children of the Jewish people. And we are creating a generation of Jews that is more informed, more empowered, and more capable to access the Temple Mount than any other time since its destruction. Well, you would think so, right, since we're coming back here to the land of Israel and Jerusalem was liberated in 1967, and we just now had America recognize it as the capital. So we're really taking steps, but, like, sometimes it's frustrating. And yeah. One of the things that I fast and cry about on the 9th of Av, people say, like, why should we cry and say that Jerusalem's destroyed when it's being rebuilt? I say to them, let's cry for the stuff that we're so close but yet so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that deserves a day. Yeah. That deserves a day. Mm-hmm. And in general, by the way, I tell people, like, just it's okay to take one day and to mourn and to cry. That's okay. That's a good thing. Uh, it's okay to celebrate, but there's times where you take a second. Um, so we said civil rights. We talked about police. I wanted to say that I'm walking right now in my socks um, because uh, we take off leather shoes here. And the truth is I like walking around barefoot, so, so it's a great... But that's not the only reason. Traditionally, yeah. the priests would walk around barefoot. Traditionally, it's limestone now, but traditionally the ground was made of marble because it would stay cool in the winter and not too cold, um, cool in the summer and not too cold in the winter. Pretty cold in the winter. They had a heating room. They had a room with a fire underneath the floor <laughs> to heat the their floor. feet. Yes. This they had, they had They would be freezing. Their feet would be freezing. They had a special room to warm their feet, so oh, it, was, it was a challenge, yes. Well, the, but and during the summer, though, it was very useful to have the marble sure. floor because sure. this limestone is very hot right now so yeah. I'm sure you can feel a little bit but that's uh, you know uh, it's also it's also um, in reverence to God you know like what is more humbling and what is more kind of vulnerable than you know kind of having like no shoes it's almost like right. where can I run where can I go I can only move as fast as, as you know God uh, will let me travel especially because unfortunately here on the Har um, you know the Arabs um, our Arab brothers and sisters uh, they, uh, they don't treat this place um, so much as a holy place and you know there are frequent um, uh, times where we come up here and we found that they scatter glass along the route. Mm-hmm. So we're always, a lot of our members, a lot of our activist group, of which about 30 or 40 people that come here each and every single day, they take great care to, to look for those people who don't wear shoes. Always, We're always looking for glass. We're always looking for things that may have been dropped on purpose to hurt um, our sisters, our, our Jewish brothers and sisters. Um, but, you know, it's, it's um, I love watching uh, those that come up here barefoot. I mean, we've got, we've got this one guy who's actually with our group today. I won't point out who he is. I've never seen him with shoes on, even off the har. Right. But but what makes him really fascinating is like even in the dead, like he literally was carried off the har one day for frostbite. Like it was like it was snowing. It was four feet of snow. It was January like second, and the guy's like like no no just came up here no shoes. And he made it halfway around, and I like everyone was kind of betting like what, when is it, when is he gonna he's got he's got to tap out at some point, and he did. Uh, they had to help him off. Um, and after that, uh, the rabbis convinced him that at least when it snows. He should wear socks, which I'm not sure how that helps because it sucks and it's wet. But you know, who am I? To, who am, I'm not God, so I don't know the magic powers that He has to help help those who come up here barefoot. Dr. M. J. Kronfeld, we are now uh, walking up on a ramp that leads what looks quite close to the Golden Dome. We are on the north side of the Temple Mount. Uh, we're with a nice group of people, and we've talked about civil rights, but it's also a religious site. I mean, there's no denying it's a religious site. And there's a religious claim here, mm-hmm. and there's a religious event that's happening here. And I just, you know, let's use this opportunity and, and, our, and our talking right now to also pray. Uh, and my prayer really is that Israel kind of wakes up, realizes what time we're at, mm-hmm. um, and also realizes that we, are, we have things that we're in trouble with. We are facing a two-front war. One is from the Palestinian takeover of the land. Uh, the terrorism, the, the fear and the takeover and the narrative war, which is erasing our international, the international understanding of our rights here. 
and from the fight actually of the equality warriors who are within the Israeli Arabs who are trying to create a system in which Israel is no longer a Jewish state but is supposedly equal but it's really taking over the jihad cynically within Israel one way within the Israeli territories so-called Palestinian territories another way and that's my prayer right now is that we that we have an awakening and it's certainly connected to this place and our rights here and you're pushing that ahead what's your prayer um, well, I, you know, um, I follow in your footsteps, so I, I, I double your prayer. I double down on your prayer. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah. Amen. And, <laughs> I'll take that prayer and I'll add, uh, I'll add uh, you know, I, I, I sincerely, sincerely pray for the coming of the Mashiach. I am not a magical Mashiach moment person, but I know that we would not spend centuries uh, pushing towards that goal if he didn't have something really really special to bring us if he wasn't that opportunity for us to realize our dreams and i pray each and every single morning when i wake up for i go to bed really that us you i and those of us who are listening right now that at the very least we will get to see the laying of the very first foundation stone so that i can you know move on to heaven uh with hashem knowing that uh we have achieved the very last step in the jewish dream uh because it is a jewish dream as i said before it's a human rights fight um and it is the most fundamental organizing principle of the jewish way of life um, and that's that's what I pray for. I pray for Mashiach, and I pray for that. Just just one. Just give me one stone. Just one stone. So what you're saying really is, is Mashiach, yes, but at the same time, let us act. Yeah. Let us act. One, wait, one, one of the reasons that I uh, that I get nervous about the Mashiach discourse is that I I get nervous that what we mean is to offload no, our never. responsibility. I think he's actually waiting for us. We should. Uh, I, I'm I'm so excited. I just want to see who it is. It's, you know, right. Blonde hair, brown hair, blue eyes, green eyes. Like, but you said blonde hair first. I know. What you mean. <laughs> yeah, I know. Does he look like me? Does he look like, does he look like my friends? But, but like, no, like, I actually believe in my heart that, like, he's waiting for us to do that, to lay that stone. And that's why I'm a believer. Like, like I'd go right now if I didn't think my, my dear friend, um, uh, the officer here, would, like, would try to stop me. Like, I, I'd just go do it right now. Like, I have no issue with that. Um, and so I think that is the biggest problem that we face in our generation is that, I, you know, people often say to me, oh, I won't go to the Hargits. I'm waiting for Mashiach. And I always tell them, I think Mashiach is waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Very good. That's Similarly, I say, uh, you say from 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 your mouth to God's ears. I say, how about from His mouth to our ears? So it's the same type of thing. Uh, MJ Kronfeld, Dr. MJ Kronfeld, thank you so much for all that you do here in Israel. Thank you for your fight. Uh, thank you for being the unusual, colorful person that you are, but with your certainly with your heart in the right place and moving it along. Not just uh, not just good heart and good things, but really uh, decided to. You're really an Upper East Side socialite, uh, but you're here in in Israel in Tel Aviv and and in the Judea and Samaria and fighting for Jewish rights in these places and on Temple Mount and you've made a cause out of it and everything that you 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 touch turns into a cause celeb uh, and now you have an organization called High on the Mount High in the Heart High in the Heart High in the Heart thank you I was like I knew I knew it was an alliteration and online at High in the Heart on all social media we post every single day the Jews are permitted on the Mount we post and show you what's going on here it's beautiful it's stunning it's amazing we create beautiful videos we do journeys and you can join us every single Sunday through Thursday for a free tour at 9.30 um, and 1.30 of course we'd love if you let us know you're coming Um, and if you you don't find to let us know you just pop up just ask for Melissa or Yehuda 
promise all the cops, <laughs> all the cops know who we are. But before we go, I just want to say, Rabbi Fleischer, we, we, this movement, me, Yehuda, all my peers, we exist because of the work that you have done and the things that you do. And there's no me without Rabbi Fleischer. And I know when I came to Israel and I had the opportunity to meet you, I was, I was starstruck, as you know. I was like, oh my all right, God, all right, I'm going to cut you off. You're too much of a PR so, no, pro. No, You're no, right. No, it's just, we, we, we are grateful for all that you do, and we're grateful every time you join us. All right, that's MJ Kronfeld, and we are Melissa, and we are uh, here on the Temple Mount. Yoshua, Yoshua, come on down here for a second. I'm walking right now barefoot. MJ's still with me here, but Yoshua is my Russian-speaking brother uh, from Pizgatsev. Uh, but, of course, as a Russian-speaking Jew, we also speak English. Uh, Yoshua, tell me a little bit about your feelings right now. You, you wanted to break in. You wanted to say something. What was it? Uh, I wanted to contribute. Like, I mean, I think it's like... I mean, it's actually, it's a very technical thing. It's a mitzvah. I think it's a mitzvah. Like, you're supposed to come here. Uh, I mean, we have a mitzvah to build a better mignesh. How are we going to build it if we don't, like, if we don't come, come here at the first place? Well, well some people say, some people say that he's going to build it. He's going to take care of everything for you. I believe that, uh, I believe that many, like, a tremendous amount of religious Jews uh, misunderstand the whole idea of Mashiach. Uh, what is a Mashiach and how is, how is he supposed to behave when he arrives? Uh, because... Technically, Moshiach is, a, Moshiach, Moshiach is basically a monarch. Uh, like, it's mo- like, like, like Moshiach, Moshiach ben David is not a miraculous, like, like, a, like a miraculous person. Uh, that's what... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to be like... like, 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 like yeah, he's not, he's not a miracle man who's going to come and perform like, tremendous, like amazing miracles and like some, 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 everything will split... Uh, will spin t- uh, well, I'll tell you what, you're sure. I'll yeah. tell you what, I don't know what Mashiach is. Yeah. I don't know what he's going to be, but I'll tell you what, I know what we got to do. Yeah. And that, that I know, and that's what I'm concerned about. And I say, let's let Mashiach do his business, yeah. and let's, let's do our business. Yeah. And as MJ said before, like, you be the warrior for uh, the Mashiach. Don't wait for him to take care of all your business for you. When he comes in, I want him to pat us on the shoulder and say, you guys did a good job. You were high on the har, and you guys were having a great time, and you, you pushed it forward. And not exactly. being like, not we're like, oh, Mashiach, where the heck were you? We needed you all this time. No, I want him to be exactly, like, yeah. you guys, yeah. you guys brought me in. And, uh, and that's pretty cool. Yeshua, where, 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 tell me just very short, where do you do? Where, where do you live? What's your life about? Uh, I live in Jerusalem. I'm, like, I'm, a, I'm, a, re- I'm a researcher. I'm a, like a molecular biologist. So we can, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like yeah, uh, I, like, I work in a cancer research center uh, in Israel. So now we have a great prayer, which is, yeah. Hashem, please give our friend Yoshua here the consciousness, the thought, the, the imagination, the knowledge that you have in this world to cure this dreaded disease. Oh, yeah. uh, and the knowledge of that is here, and that could be released onto you. And may Hashem give you a great... Uh, Blessed are you, God, King of the Universe, who gives us knowledge, may give you great knowledge to continue to cure. And that's such a great way to, to, to tie up this, uh, this interview here on the Temple Mount, which is, you know, th- that's the Jewish will, to, to, to make this world a better place in God's image. Yes, somewhere out there, there's a cure for cancer. Yeshua, you're going to find it. Bizrat Hashem. Uh, Bizrat Hashem. Uh, I'll try my best. That's right. <laughs> I'll make my effort. Uh, well, I'll, 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 make, I'll make my head. I hope that, that that's God will... Help me with that as well, because without his help, nothing happens. That's right. Nothing, yeah, nothing materializes. Yeah, there has to be a blessing. And whatever you do, in order to achieve something. All right, Yeshua is on Temple Mount. I'm walking right next to a lot of uh, Muslim folks. One lady there looked kind of Jewish in her eyes, but uh, she and she was giving me like a look. I think she might have been uh, a trapped Jew and the uh, lost sister inside the uh, that world. Uh, and there is a, a whole Muslim world right next to us. 
and things are walking, you know, things are pretty smooth right now. Uh, and they could turn not smooth because I recently found a fifth grade um, school book printed by the Palestinian Authority for Young Children. It had a lot of kids writing in it. And, and when we translated through Google Lens, we saw the horrific anti-Semitism, anti-Israelism that uh, the Palestinian world imbibes daily. Uh, the, the deep Nazi-like anti-Semitism, the hate, uh, the, the, the revisionist history, the anti-history. Uh, and even right now, I just got to look from a Wakaf guy. And that's totally okay because we know our rights and we know our narrative. And we're here both to fight for our rights, fight for our civil rights, our historic rights, fight for our narrative in the narrative war. Uh, and of course, also at the same time, at the same time, uh, we are here also to have a spiritual moment. And I'm praying for my family uh, and I'm praying for my own successes and other people's successes. But of course, within the story of Israel, within the story of, of, a, of a world, and if God is revealing himself to the point that Jews are praying on the Temple Mount, that probably means that we're in a great time, that we are moving forward, certainly, uh, towards a time of global redemption. All right, folks, I'm going to take a few more minutes here to do a little, do a little, little, little personal prayer. And it's been great having you with me here in the Temple Mount. So thank you, Yoshua. Thank you, uh, Melissa, MJ Kronfeld. And uh, thank you to Hashem for this great opportunity. And thank you to you guys. Let me know when you want to come up to the Temple Mount. Write me an email, yishayishayflesh.com. Go to highontheheart.com. 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 And this, it's not in any way like a LSD trip thing going on. No, it's not that kind of high. It's a spiritual high. Yeah. Uh, but it's a high nonetheless. And when you come, and when you, and when you come off, you have what I call spiritual suntan. It, it like lasts for a long time. You really, really feel it. That's right. Sometimes a real one as well. Ways to define that. Yeah. <laughs> Spiritual suntan. Spiritual suntan. You come up and you're like, wow, I'm hot inside. Wow, it really touched me. All right, folks. More great stuff is on the way. Stay tuned. Stay calm. Stay connected. Stay part of the story. And stay anchored in the heart of the story here in Jerusalem and on the Temple Mount. Don't worry. The Ishai Flasher show will be right back. So stay tuned. All right, folks, I'm here at the beautiful Marat HaMachpelah, but I'm in the Isaac Hall. So last part of the show, I was on the Temple Mount, and now I'm in the Isaac Hall, Isaac and Rebecca Hall. Oh, my God, I almost failed one of my own commandments, which is to make sure to speak about the mothers and the fathers, the mamas and the papas, at the tomb of the patriarchs and matriarchs. So I am not in the Isaac Hall, but rather the Isaac and Rebecca Hall. And there are hundreds of Jews around me today. Uh, today is the eve of the month of Elul. And we have a traditional celebration on the eve of the month of Bevel, which is uh, called uh, Hilulat HaAvot. This is about the fathers and the mothers remembering them and, and praying in their merit for the beginning of a new year. We're now in the pr prelude to the new year. Already we're in the prelude to Rosh Hashanah. And, of course, the uh, Isaac and Rebecca Hall is the biggest and most beautiful of the halls uh, in the Tomb of the Patriarchs and Matriarchs. Uh, it is a Byzantine... Um, cathedral uh, and later on taken over by the Muslims then taken back by the Christians then taken over by the Muslims today it's still a Muslim mosque but 10 days a year it becomes a big synagogue uh, and the uh, the cenotaphs or the markers for Isaac and Rebecca are featured here very tall ceilings I'm talking like 10 stories tall um, it looks like a, you know a cathedral um, and so that's where we are right now uh, and it's a special day of prayer. I'm here with uh, Nachman Mostovsky, uh, who's the executive director of Amaria. 
and uh, a friend and uh, a Jew who has come in with his sons uh, to uh, enjoy Hebron today and especially enjoy the uh, Tomb of the Patriarchs and Matrix and the Isaac and Rebecca Hall. Nachman, thank you so much for joining me here. Well, it's, uh, I would say you know, I'm joining you, but I'm, I'm really here to join, as you say, the mamas and the papas. That's right. I appreciate that. Uh, but it is good to see you. Um, more, more the mamas, because that's really who that, that, that's the, that, that's the ones who really take care of their children. So it's more it's more more Rifka than it is. Uh, that's the truth. We dive in by Kiva Rocha. I mean, the, the the mothers in our in our tradition are typically the ones who you are you pray by because they are the ones who go out and beseech God on behalf of their children. Right on, bro. Right on. Uh, and that's why we. Uh, I'm glad that we call it the tomb of the the hall of uh, Isaac and Rebecca. Uh, and you're absolutely right. And it's like, you know, you know, it's funny that you say that. You just said something kind of cute, you know. But we mean it. We really mean it. This is really coming and connecting with the founders of our peoplehood, the mothers and fathers of our whole peoplehood. And that's why we're really here today. It's a holy site, but it's a national site as well. And we are a nation, a peoplehood. And the root of that is here. And this is great proof of that. So, like, we kind of say it. It sounds kind of cute. But, like, no other peoples have a monument no. to the founders no. of their peoplehood like this. No. Well, I mean, that's, this goes to a little bit of what my organization does is, is that, you know, nationalism has gotten a little bit of a bad rap, um, you know, over the last 100 years. But the truth is, is that it's not fair because it, and it's really not fair to the Jewish people, which is a little bit of iron, an ironic um, uh, term t- turn an event of events because the Jews were the, the, the beginning of the nation state um, we created na- nationhood and that nationhood and peoplehood were actually unified and it wasn't just we can oh, it looks like a, a, a groom just came to, to pray before his wedding um, so you hear that to continue the, the family yes to continue the, the, the long tradition that even even when we're in Gullus even when we're in the darkest times of our of our peoplehood and our nationhood we still look to the future of creating families. And what you see here is, you see all different generations here. I've seen people come here, it looks like three or four generations to come pray. Again, as you said, one, one 10 times a year. To, you know, to a people that pray three times a day, every single day of a year, sometimes four times a day, sometimes five times a day. Prayer in our religion is, 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 the, be, is the bedrock of what we do. And that the fact that we're not allowed to come to our own parents to come pray um, and we don't pray to our parents, just so people should know. We pray by our parents' graves to God. Um, and, and we ask in their, in their favor, in, in, in what they did thousands of years ago, in the founding of Judaism, in the founding of monotheism, that God should look upon us favorably. Because in Jewish tradition, our parents, in, in the schus avos, in, 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 what our, in the things that our parents did, we get merit from that. So we come here and we pray to God and that we're not allowed to do that except for 10 times a year in, is, is, you know, they, they, they say Israel's apartheid. The truth of the matter is, it, it kind of is, but it's only towards Jews. And there are, you know, when on the drive here, I showed my son signs that say Israelis cannot go past this point. This is, this is a reality that the Jews in Israel, like Yishai and, and many of my relatives, have to live with. And the fact that we were able to come here today on the eve of Elul, which, 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 is the, the, which leads into the holiest and, and most... You know, it, it, it's weird that we ha- it's, it's the most holy and the most joyous simultaneously. You know, Judaism, Yishai, as you know, is, is a religion of dichotomies. We, we have sad and happy. You know, even in Israel, you have your, your, the day of remembrance, and then you go into your, you know, the, the day that the nation was created, the, the state of Israel. 
it's, it's, we're a dichotomy nation. And this really is the, the starting point of everything is here. The first purchase of land recorded, the first capitalistic record of, of, of land ownership happens here on this land where Abraham buys it and gets laughed at by the Hittite. They laugh at him and say, why are you buying dirt? Just go over there, go to the next mountain and go buy that dirt. It's dirt. Why are you buying it? They laugh at him. They think he's nuts. And, 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 it, and he bought it because he wanted to make sure that forever and ever, nobody can say that this is not Jewish land. Unfortunately, today, Yishai, as you know, there are people that claim this is not ours. It's ours. These are our parents. These are our grandparents. And, and, and the whole world needs to know that. A tall dude just walked by and like said, exactly. Uh, and that's really cool. Uh, Nachman, you are a strong Jew. And Judaism is very important to you. Your Jewish identity is important to you. I see your sons are with you today. Uh, you brought them here, even though you have a newborn at home. You brought them because of this, the importance. And then you came to Hebron when you learned today. You were going to come to Hebron anyway, but you learned that today yeah. the whole tomb was open. I was able to share some information with you. At the same time, you live in the diaspora. You're a diaspora Jew. Unfortunately. Let's, let, you know what? Let's just, I just want you to really, like, in, well, in the we're most... We're all diaspora Jews. That, we, that, that's something... That, everyone's a diaspora Jew. Just some are living in Eretz HaKodesh and some are not. Well, unfortunately, the bias Shlishi is not here yet. So we're technically still in the diaspora. No. You just get to no, be closer to where no, we're no, no, technically, that's, that's, that's not a technical correctness. That's actually a spiritual religious correctness. Right, okay, right. Technically, right. technically speaking, no, there's a difference between the Eretz Israel and the Gola. Right. And, and I know that, and I'm really not here to, I'm not trying to like, oh, okay. picture, no, 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 I, no. I really want to, I'm asking you a real question, like, as a, and really how you see it. Tell me how you see diaspora Israel these days, that relationship. To, I know that you're, not only are you working on raising your kids Jewish and coming here and being part of it, you're also working on American policy. Yes. You're working on American uh, elections, making sure the right people get in. And so I'm asking you in the most like real you're way say, possible. Shnia, Shnia, let me give you the microphone just one second. Sure. I just want to ask you, like, from your perspective, from your world, how do you bridge that gap? How do you keep? How do you keep it together? How do you see it as a unified whole? And I and I promise it's you, a very this good is a, question. Yeah. And it's it's a question you can ask my you can tell my son. It's it's something that I, I struggle with daily. Um, um, but the fact of the matter is, is the work that Amaria does is extremely important. Um, our our work that we do on Capitol Hill. Um, is unprecedented. Um, this is not me saying this. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Answer my question, though, about no, I, Jews. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me, I'm, I'm going to get to that. Um, the Jews in America, are you talking about religious Jews? I'm in talking America? about you. How do you bridge your gaps? I know how much you love this place. I know how much you love the I, Jewish story. I don't. The truth is I don't. I don't. That's the truth. The truth is I'm in America and I don't belong there. That's, that's the honest truth. Um, why do I live in America still? There are many reasons, like, like most Jews that will tell you, and the truth is they're probably mostly excuses. But how do you, but how do you hold it together? I'm not asking about how you, I'm not trying like, to, like I'm not trying to pinch. Like most Jews that do, like, yeah. no, I mean, like most Jews that do, when, when someone, when there's a death in the family, so how are you holding it together? You have to. You don't have a choice. That's the truth. The truth is, is that, is that Kibbutz Goliath is an ongoing. In, in gathering of the exiles. In, in gathering of the exiles is an ongoing um, uh, Yishai, you were lucky to be from the beginning. Um, and listen, sometimes there's family, there's family obligations. Sometimes there's, there's other obligations that come in and, and, and weigh, and you have to weigh it. Um, listen, I can always get up and move. The question is, is my family moving with me? Um, am I going to have a job here? There are a lot of things that have to come into play. Do I, and another thing is, is that 
there is a there is an issue, especially specifically with Anglo's and moving to Israel, is that once your children are of a certain age and they're used to a certain type of education style, coming to Israel is very dangerous when you're a religious Jew. This is a well-known issue. A lot of children end up going off of the path when they come here. If they come during their teenage years or their preteen years, because they, 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 they lose all their friendships, they don't have a connection. A lot of them can turn insular, especially boys. They don't. They don't. They're, 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 it's a very dark. It's a very very bad time to make a child come to go back into his shell. So you have to weigh a lot of things, which is why you see a lot of Americans. They either make aliyah. They come to Eretz Yisrael when their kids are very young. Or they come once they're all post-teen age. Right. But Which, I want to I say something. As you're speaking, I can see your son is hanging on every single one of your words. And I think he really senses the struggle. And, and I, I, I would say, kind of in your voice, I would say, you do a lot to keep it together. I'm sure your house has pictures of Eretz Yisrael and things like that. I'm sure that that's part of the conversation. One entire wall of the sukkah is the Kotel. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and not only that, you're using modernity, i.e. flights, the ability to come here. I'm sure it wasn't cheap to come here on this flight and to do it. I'm sure it cost you a lot of money and time and effort. And your son also sees that. He sees that, that like you are holding it together whatever way you can using right. the tools that we have at our hands. So that, that view, I, I, I think, is very visible when you're a visitor. I don't think it's visible when you're living here. It's sort of like Americans have this thing like, okay, I'm coming to Israel. All my cousins should come out with me. And you have to realize, no, your, your cousins have their job to go to. Their kids have school to go to. It's no different if your cousins came from Israel and, and you're a lawyer and a doctor and you still need to go and, you know, go to court and go, and go to your office and make people better. It's, it's, it's weird because we think of Israel, and it's unfortunate, as this vacation, um, vacation center. center. This, like, holy... And the truth is, I won't vacation anywhere else. You can tell, ask my kids. People say, well, why won't you go to Europe? Because if I have the money to go anywhere, I'm coming here. I, will, I have never been to Europe in my life. I have no plans in going. It's an entire continent built on Jewish blood. I have no interest in being there. Um, they didn't want us. I have no, I have no problem saying A-OK -okay to that. Um, but at the end of the day, um, this is actually a, a, a due to the China virus. Um, this is actually my son. He's 16. This is his bar mitzvah trip. Wow. What's um, his name? His name is Natanel. Um, and uh, I have relatives here. My brother-in-law and sister-in-law live here, and that's where we're staying in Ramat Beit Shemesh. Um, and we're using that as a good base to go back and forth. And uh, as you said, I, I, I texted him and said, hey, we're going to be coming on, on uh, yesterday. I think you're going to come. And he said, why come? Why come? Well, you know, not, obviously, we can come both. But uh, if, you're gonna, if you can make your plans change, better come Thursday when the entire Ma'ara is open. The entire cave is opened. So um, I, do think, I do think that, um, you know, listen, it, it is something that, you know, myself and a lot of my friends um, do struggle with. It's, it, it's people, you know, a lot of Israelis think that... Um, uh, that it's not something that Americans struggle with. There are certain, again, I'm not going to say there are certain groups of Orthodox Jews that actually believe that there is no, that living right now in Israel, and they could, by the way, they could have a complete love of Eretz Yisrael and visit here 20 times a year, but that the mitzvah of living in Eretz Yisrael is not until Mashiach comes. I happen to believe there is a mitzvah to live here, a Durabanan mitzvah, but there's also mitzvahos of other things, so you do have to weigh them. Yeah. 
I, I mean, to me, that stuff is all. I, 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 that's all. That's all Jewish legalism. In, yes, in, it in, is. In, in it the is. first verse that we meet about Avram Avinu, the first verse that we meet Avram, he says, "Go to the land of Israel." It's the first. It's the here's Avram. Here's the land of Israel. We are close to God in the land of Israel. God's abode is in Jerusalem. Let's forget everything about 100%. which injunctions we have, which laws we have. Bottom line is that you want to be close to God and spirituality in our people's history. It's here, and that's that's all there is to it. If it's exactly to Rabbanan, exactly to Raita, is it rabbinically uh, or 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 from or from the textually? You know, commanded stuff. That's all. That's all stuff for legal decisors and stuff like that. We're not living like that. We're living a life of, of emotion and closeness and, and yearning. And and I'm I, a litvak. We don't we don't really live emotionally. I but uh, but and, and <laughs> that no li, no litvaks are like are, are just like uh, what do you call them? Uh, uh, what is Spock? Spock is a um, uh, 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 yeah correct. Uh, what, what's the well, uh, he was he was Lithuanian. He was a the litvak. Original, the original right. Spock was uh, Lithuanian. Not a Klingon. He's not a Klingon. No, Come a, on. Uh, uh, Oh my gosh! Okay, I'll come back to me in a second. But in any case, uh, but everybody knows that they actually have strong emotions that they just suppress. Correct. Yes. Okay. You're an emotional, emotional person. I can see that. Nachman. Of course, we're emotional. But but you know the the rabbis that I go to for my guidance in Judaism, they tend to be more of the Lithuanian um, uh, stream. And obviously, with all things. Life is a, a, a decisions are complex. A, a, decisions are very complex. All right, all right. let's let's. We, I, I hit that topic, and I think though, that though my Israeli cousins wouldn't come here because of the danger, and I did. So oh, there's that. So that's very interesting. That's, there's you're that. saying you're saying right. There's people who are afraid. Correct. And you're not afraid. No. In general, it's our land. I can I can just as easily be pushed in front of a train, God forbid, by a crazy person that Eric Adams allowed to go out of prison um, in uh, Brooklyn than I can to be, you know, something to happen to me on the way. And to be honest with you, if it wasn't my time, I would much rather be here than there. That's uh, the truth. That's the honest truth. That's right. how I justify coming here. And I think you also do a lot in your work and in your life to strengthen Jewish identity, the, the standing with Israel, etc. All right, let's just finish up. Uh, you're here at the Marat Machpelah. Absolutely brought, gorgeous, by the way. It looks good, right? Yeah. yeah. But it, it is amazing, though, and I'm going to say something. I don't know if it's politically correct. Our entrance today, if I'm not, if I'm not, if I'm telling them I'm not wrong, is the Arab entrance and exit, correct? We came up a set of staircases I've never come up well, I don't before. know what you mean by that. You mean they use it. They don't actually don't use it. It's closed usually, that right. entrance. But the exit, when you exit, that's where that's the Arabs the, come in. That, right. So it's much like, it's not, a, you can see it's not as taken care of. Like there's a lot of pigeon refuse there. I've never seen that in the parts that you share, that you and your organizations and the people that work with you take care of. There's clearly a much different respect that is given sim- similar to the other major Herodian building in, in that we only have unfortunately one in like three quarters of a wall which is, the, which is what we call the western wall, wall the Kotel they play soccer on top and we pray and fast on the bottom um, I think similarly I don't think they respect this place as much as we do I mean I think that's because they really have no connection here they don't care about anything pre-Muhammad they really don't if you ask them to name anything between Muhammad and Abraham, they can't. Because well, they don't name Moses and David. Yeah, yeah, but again, and, they're naming and, Jews. And Jesus, by the way. They'll, they'll who, who also is Jewish. Right. Um, even Christians will admit he right. was what we consider an Orthodox Jew. Right. Um, he was a descendant of the Pirushim. Um, and and um, at the end of the day, this is a holy site only to one religion, Jews. I mean, it's not, I wouldn't consider it a holy site as if, uh, similar to the, 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 the Temple Mount, which is a place where we did 
we, we had a tradition of holiness. This is this is a holy place because holy people are buried here. I'll, I'll help you with that distinction, just just because Nachman, I do a lot of thinking right. about this issue. Uh, so um, I always ask people, what's the difference between Jerusalem and the Maratha Machpelah? And I answer uh, that Jerusalem is where you meet God. Right. Here's where you meet the people who follow God. Well, but it, say, but it, but it, but what it, we were saying before, there is a place of action. Here is a place of emotion. Interesting. And other people say to me, here is the roots and the past. Jerusalem is the future. And, and, and you can even say, because there's four cities, and you can say Tzfat ah. is the place of that, of that, um, of that, of, of the, 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 the spiritual. There are, there are four cities and, 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 and yeah. Tveria. Can, can I tell you something? I'm not into the four cities. You're not I'm not into, into that. that. Because that is actually an 1700s, 1800s yeah, yeah, formulation. Yeah, but it's not even capitalist. They basically formulated that because of those were the cities that Jews were able to live at the time. The truth is, I believe that there are seven cities. Beersheva, Hebron, Beit Lechem, Yerushalayim, Beit El, Shiloh, Shechem. That's one road. That's the biblical highway. Right. We're working the, on that. And I want to say to you, uh, gosh, oh, that, a guy just, just stopped me and threw off my train of thought. Um, oh, he threw off my train. Oh, here's my train, the last train, because you're a Litvak. So here's the Litvak way I really explain Maratha Machpelah. Yerushalayim is Bein Adam Makom, between the person and the place, the holy place. Chevron is Bein Adam Lechavero. You can between even say Bein Adam Lechavero Lemakom. No, no, no. Because this is how we got to the Makom. No, Yerushalayim, is, the, Yerushalayim is the Makom. And no, no, Hebron is the Chaver. But I'm saying Makom as Hashem. Right, we, but Yerushalayim is the Makom. Right. That's his place. But if you could also say that this is our connection to our connection to God. Because Avram Avinu right. and our, 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 our patriarchs and our matriarchs are the ones who figured this all out. So our connection to God came through them, through them realizing our parents all served idols, but the idol, the idol worshiping doesn't mean anything. Abraham, right, the story with Abraham, he went and broke all the idols and put the hammer inside the big idol and said he went and broke all the other idols. And his father said, that's impossible, they can't move. And he went, exactly. Um, so you can even you can go a step further and say, Yerushalayim doesn't mean anything without Hebron. Right. Hebron is how we get to Shiloh and how, how we got to Shiloh and how we get to Yerushalayim. That's right. Without this stepping stone, uh, 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 the, the, the belief in one God only happens through here. What's your son's name again? Nitanel. Nitanel, come over here for a second. How you doing, man? I see that you're a smart guy. You're paying attention to smart things. Uh, you're 16. You're supposed to be here on your bar mitzvah trip. Tell me about how you're feeling right now as you and I are, are standing. I'm sitting. You're standing at the Tomb of the Patriarchs and Matriarchs and especially at the Isaac and Rebecca Hall. I feel that it's very, very, like, connecting. It's a very good connection. Hashem. can't hear you. It's a very good connection to Hashem. You feel it inside, or yeah. is it like strange to you, or is it like, no, this is me? A little strange, but I got, I'm going to get used to it. <laughs> That's exactly right. Nachman, you're doing a great job bringing your kids here to Eretz Yisrael. Thank you very As much. As I always tell people, people say, oh, who, who's Yishe Fleischer? I said, Yishe Fleischer has the coolest job in the world. He is the international spokesperson for the people who invented monotheism, the, 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 the bedrock of, the truth is, of, of the three major religions. And, 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 you know, when Mashiach comes, he's going to have a lot of, uh, he's going to have a lot of work to do because people are going to really want to talk to Avram, Yitzchak, ya- Yaakov, and, the, and, and, and Sarah the Rifkel, and, and, and Sarah, well, well, I guess you can get, I guess when, after, after Tchias HaMesim, maybe, maybe uh, Rachel will hire you also as her spokesperson right. once you're doing the other, the other ones, you know. And other Mechava, by the way. Let's not talk about the, 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 the parents of all of humanity are also buried here. And as we are finishing we, we up... We sort of forgot about them in this talk. 
as we're finishing up, the uh, there's a big mincha prayer, right. an afternoon prayer. So we're going to join them, which is the and prayer that Yitzchak made. That's right. That's, that's right. That's right. You're right. And we're going to join them right now, yes. and we're not going to make any more noise. Nachman Mustafsky, thank you so much for being with us. God bless you, and thank you very much, guys. And Mazal Tov to Natano. Ishai needs coffee. Please help support the show by buying Ishai coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Ishai. Thank you, and L'chaim. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed this show. It's been very fascinating. Uh, first, I was on the Temple Mount, and then inside the Isaac and Rebecca Hall. Great guests, uh, MJ Kronfeld, uh, Nachman Mostovsky, great folks. And now we are joined to finish off the show with Maka Fleischer. Maka, welcome, and thank you for joining me here in Hebron today. And we're standing, if you hear that background noise, it's because we don't want to get Maka overheated, and so therefore here she is next to the desert cooler also known as, what did you call it? Ruach HaKodesh. Yeah, the Ruach HaKodesh, the wind of holiness. <laughs> we found the one air conditioner, and I'm in front of it. It's a good day. Yeah, you can even take a step back, Maka. It's okay. It's good for you. Well, I don't want to. It's going to be too loud. No, the it's show. okay. There's other people who probably no, want to enjoy no, some air conditioning. No, those folks that are out there, they'll just have to deal with that noise, Maka, because this is holy, cooling noise. It's okay. awesome. So it's a, it's a beautiful August, late August, uh, fry your face off day here in, in Hebron. There's lots of people, not crazy lots, but lots. And there's lots of davening going on all, all over the place. Uh, it's great to see a lot of people from uh, America, people who haven't been able to come in a while, bringing their families and uh, coming on a nice trip. School year's about to start, so this is like kind of a last hurrah for a lot of people, last couple days before everyone has to get back to school. Uh, and it's Elazar's birthday. Happy birthday, Elazar. Exciting. He's your 11-year-old. 11, 11. That's all the way two digits. That's like 10 is just like the edge of two digits. But 11 is like right on in there. It's very exciting. Uh, Manka, you know, I saw uh, a, few, a story that I wanted to talk with you a few weeks ago, and that is they found a letter from Freud writing to Herzl and giving him support for the Zionist cause. You know, they lived in the same street in Vienna, and Vienna used to be like the capital of intellectual Jewish stuff before it moved and, and it was like the power the Austro-Hungarian Empire and then uh, you know it, then it moved to like England and London and their important Jews were in London and it was Weizmann and it was Jabotinsky and they were working on London issues and Whitehall and the Balfour Declaration so you had like Vienna was the city of the you know of the first Zionist Congress it, it happened in Basel, Switzerland but it comes out of Vienna and then, then it moves to London, and then it moves to New York and the UN and those decisions that are made there. And then uh, suddenly it's like Vienna's not that important. London is certainly not that important for the Jewish story. And New York is becoming less important. And here we are in Hebron today, where uh, today we are basically the day after the secular date uh, of the 1929 riots, which destroyed this community. And here, 90 years later, we're at the same place. And it is a, quote-unquote, mecca of, of Jewish gathering. And the Jewish story is back here after 2,000 years. It's an amazing thing. Yeah, I heard that when uh, Herzl and, and um, Freud lived on the same street, that sometimes um, Herzl would go over to the Freud house and, to borrow some milk, but then he stopped because Freud would be like, milk, it's really a metaphor, and he would make them all paranoid. Yeah. That, that it didn't happen. They didn't actually meet. 
they didn't actually meet, but they maybe we they don't, met. We don't, we don't know. We don't know, know that they, they met. met. They we probably played in the sand, you know, made mud pies together or something. Yeah, maybe that's where it all comes from. Actually, to me, it's just an amazing thing. Like it's almost like Freud and 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 Herzl. These men changed the world. They changed the world. They really did of, on massive proportions. I don't think people understand how much Freud changed the world. He changed the way we understand ourselves and really self-consciousness. And then, and then Herzl changed the, also the self-consciousness of the world with the return of the Jewish spirit back to the land of Israel. It's like, I don't know, I, was, I, like, I saw nobody cared about it. But for me, I was like, well, I want to see that letter. I want to see that letter between. Where is you know, it? Where is it located? Uh, I don't remember. They, they said that the World Zionist Organization, or one of those, uh, is, or a World Jewish Congress, one of those is putting it out uh, and kind of re- released it. It's a 125-year-old letter. And it's really, really neat. Um, and we have a, a, a 3,500-year-old letter, which is the Torah uh, of deeds that were the forefathers and mothers did 3,800 years ago. Um, and here we are, you know, reading that letter, reading that message from Moses. Uh, and it's in this week's Torah portion. Um, you know what, what it starts with in this week's Torah portion? It says, it says um, here I'm about to give you the laws of the Torah. And then it's like, destroy their high places. Make sure to, to like, you know, destroy all the idolatry in the land. And uh, don't do that to God. Instead, go to his place and make a foundation for his ha- holy abode. And it's like a really, like, that, that's like, here's the Torah. Also, the same thing happens when Moses goes up to receive the Ten Commandments. God's like, before I tell you anything else, please communicate that we should not give away the land, destroy the high places and their, and their idolatry, and make sure that you establish my rule on the small land, thereby establishing my rule and dominion in the whole world. Well, we are how many for three? Are we? we I'm going with none out of three? That's not great. I think we're doing pretty good, uh, given that we're in process. We're in process of returning. And this show today, uh, I had on people talking about returning to the Temple Mount, talking to return to Hebron, and and all of the all of the the, the one thing that the theme was definitely united was the connection of Jews from around the world to the land of Israel, and the motion of the diaspora towards the land of Israel, and that's certainly what's happening and finding a way to connect. Uh, folks, there's other ways that you connect to the Land of Israel through our sponsors and supporters. I want to thank very much JewishPress.com uh, for getting our show out to the world. Uh, they do great stuff. Great email. I love so many emails that I get. And I really read, actually, news through these emails. Uh, all kinds of folks like Voz is nice from the Yiddish world. And, uh, and uh, who else do I like? JNS.org. Uh, but I, I like Jewish Press really to give me the, the, the Jewish Express email with all of the news of the day. Uh, our good friends at Prohibition Pickle. Go ahead, Malka. I just want to say that we just a couple weeks ago had our 20th wedding anniversary. 20 years. And Chaim from Prohibition Pickle brought us the most beautiful, like, Mazel Tov care package. So nice. You guys, if you ever want to, like, order a little kiddish action, and you want it to come with, like, a big heaping, hot, steaming pile of, of heart on top, heart and warmth and love, then you got to go with Prohibition Pickle. Wait, website, Malka? Prohibitionpickle.co.il. That's right. Nailed it, Malka. Great job. Prohibitionpickle.co.il. And also great on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, speaking of Instagram, Facebook's one of the best. Is Retro Watch Guy. Makes, my, my Instagram is filled with his awesome retro watches that make you just keep time all the time in style. 
Uh, so that's RetroWatchGuy.com. Check them out. Uh, they're doing great stuff, and I love their Instagram page. And they make they they, they provide you with uh, a way to also have special Shabbat feeling. Put on that Shabbat watch, uh, Shabbat time. Uh, check them out at RetroWatchGuy.com, and thank you for their support. Uh, there is also Malka, the Israel Bible, the Israel Bible found at theisraelbible.com. Great graphics, great text, great Koran font, great book written by one of my favorite authors, G D, and um, you can get a ten percent off by just putting in coupon code Yishai. Bam. bam. That's right. Bam. That's right. Bam. <laughs> right there. Ten percent off God's holy word. Uh, so that's theisraelbible.com. Uh, and I, last but not least, I do want to mention the Hebron Fund, uh, making a day like this open for everybody, welcoming tens of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands maybe by the end of the day, to Hebron, providing free busing, providing all kinds of stuff. That's all through the Hebron Fund, thehebronfund.org. And check out the great Rabbi Simcha Hachbaum tour found at thehebronfund.org forward slash tour. It's just that simple. And I want you to be there. Uh, Malka, anything else to close off the show? I just want to wish everybody a happy end of summer. This is the last little tiny, tiny bit of Av, which means it's about to be Elul. I love Elul. Elul is not easy, and you have to face some stuff, but I really like Elul. I consider it to be the most hopeful month of the year. That is the month where you're really like, maybe I could be better. Maybe I can make peace with this person. Maybe I can like learn a little bit more. What would I like to do with myself? Maybe I could. I like Elul, and I really want to bless everybody, me, you, and everybody listening, that they'll get a lot of hope and that their hopes will be actualized in the month of Elul. Awesome, awesome. And that's right, Malka. The days before Elul gets you schwunged into Elul, and the schwung of Elul gives you Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah gets you into Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur brings you out of the schwung and into Sukkot. And Sukkot brings you into the whole winter. Winter brings you to Hanukkah, and so on and so, so forth. All around the Jewish year. That's right. And there you go. And you just but, but all it is is you gotta you gotta be wound up and schwung in there. Okay, like like those cars that go zoom 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 with the hand, and then you push it forward. And that's 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 How's what Elul's about. It goes it zoom go? zoom zoom, and a boom boom. Okay, and there you go, and you got it. All right, folks. God bless you, and thank you, of course, to Ben Bresky, Tabitha, Moshe Herman, Yocheved, and Lou. When we're live for helping produce this show and make it happen and getting it out to you. Write me an email, yishayishayflash.com, and don't forget to donate and make this show happen. And we had great, great this week, awesome folks uh, uh, gave donations uh, and, and, and added their name to the buymeacoffee.com forward slash yishay. And people gave 36 and 20 cups of coffee and stuff like that and just threw in 100 bucks. And we're like, Yishai, we appreciate your, your message. We're with you. And I'm with you right back because we are in the good land. By the way, there's a part of me that wants to change the name of the show to The Good Land with Yishai Fleischer. So I started thinking, just The Good Land. This is The Good Land. That's the message, really. This is The Good Land and the good message of The Good Land. So stay tuned. Stay connected. Stay part of the story. Malka Shabbat Shalom. Thanks so much for being with you, with us. Thank you for being with me and us on the show. And lots of blessings to you. And a happy Elo. And a happy end of Av. And a happy end of summer. Mazel Tov on your son's birthday. Our son's birthday. And bismachot. bismachot. Amen. Amen. Mazal tov. All right, folks. Stay tuned. Stay connected. Stay awesome. See you soon. And shalom. <laughs>